thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. And Pastor Jeff already has me laughing, so <laughs> here we go. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how can we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing these things and praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I am doing good. I'm a little brain dead, but I'm good, Joe. I'm here with you. Brain dead. How much better can it be? Oh man, I it. I'm not sure it gets better. You know, <laughs> I mean, you've told me before. There's like. You know, kind of moving up, there's the people of the world, there's your church, there's your kids, there's your wife, and then there's me. And then there's you. At the top, and then there's Jesus, of course. That's so right. I, I'm under him. Right in between Heidi and Jesus. <laughs> now we're doing it. We moved this week. Yeah. So uh, it, everybody's done that at some point, but you just like that, like up half the night, and then you got to get up early just so you can find something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, so, yeah. so we're... Uh, we're adjusting, but I'm great. I'm so excited to do this podcast. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Me too. You know, that is one of the uh, the the weird emotions about this podcast, just to kind of let our listeners behind the wall a little bit. Like, these are, I think, good for us to process and dig through these, yeah. but sometimes it's like... I mean this this is a hard this is a hard topic. Yeah, it, you know, it and, is. Yeah, and and, uh, and you realize what, that uh, what you're going to say is going to stick out there forever. Yeah. And so you're like trying to be clear minded and clear hearted about it. And uh, yeah. but it's good. I I think because it's a little bit difficult is exactly why we need to for sure to search the scriptures on it. So it's good. and I'll definitely encourage our listeners out there. There's we always every week ask if you got questions or topics, like yeah. send them in. We get those, we collect those, we get to them as soon as we can. Um, but lately, I've been getting some. Uh, I don't know about you, Jeff, but just some people coming to me talking about like. I mean, we're really glad you addressed this topic. This was so helpful. You know, I was just with my in-laws and like, man, I had just listened to the podcast and it was a, like that that feedback. Um, we're not doing this for approval, but it does help us know that God's using it and that it's actually seeing yeah, some fruit. For sure. The, the whole point of this is, you know, we were trying to think about uh, things about the Christian life and, and things from a biblical perspective that don't make good sermons. You right, know, a yeah. sermon has to be organized and there's a time frame and and uh, you just you just can't do everything with it and mm-hmm. so we're trying to find a place where we could be helpful so yeah send those questions uh, the the tough ones too and if you send it with a gift card for sushi we'll put it to the front <laughs> of the line what are you laughing about I'm dead serious oh I am too that's why it's funny <laughs> like yes actually we'll record live from the that's from right the from restaurant. the sushi place oh we should totally do that <laughs> Uh, Jasmine's back there going, how am I going to do that? <laughs> like, oh. How am I going to produce from the sushi restaurant? With a tuna roll in your hand, that's how. <laughs> She's, in, She's in, so we're so. good to go. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awesome. We should start a formal relationship with a... <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, uh, today's topic, and there, Jeff, there's been a lot of uh, stuff out lately about this idea of purity, or specifically purity culture. Um, I, there's a, been a popular podcast that's been out for the last you know, season or so, and one of the episodes in particular uh, talked a lot about how there was this author and how he's to blame for a lot of people's pain and stuff like that. And 
uh, I don't want to pin all of that certainly on an author, but there is this idea of purity that has been hurtful to people. Um, There's been a lot of pain associated with it. But then on the other side, there's kind of still a conviction to pursue some version of it. We can't just do whatever we want sexually. Um, How does that start to play out? Yeah, you know, it's it's a big question and I've listened I've listened to podcasts and people, just a mm-hmm. lot of conversations and and kind of felt the push and the pull of both of these things. I, I think um I think it's rooted in these two ideas that we think are polar opposites but probably aren't. So there is the idea of sexual purity and and when you look at the scripture uh, the scriptures are abundantly clear that sexual activity outside of God's design and parameters is sin. Mm-hmm. And God's design and parameter is marriage between a man and a woman that is a monogamous marriage and is uh, is a death-do-us-part marriage, right? That's God's ideal and God's design. And um, when you look at the New Testament, because sometimes people will say, do you believe in biblical marriage? I'm like, well, there's a lot of funky ones in the Old Testament. So (laughs) I I believe in a New Testament marriage or an Ephesians chapter 4 and 5 marriage, which is a man and a woman, biological man, biological woman, married together in a monogamous monogamous sexual relationship for, for a life. That's the sexual component of marriage. That is clear in the Scripture, and anything outside of that, anything that drives us sexually or feeds a sexual appetite and a desire um, that is uh, entered into, that would be considered a temptation, that would be considered, even the Old Testament, that would be like a luring away, that's the, the adulteress, like even in Proverbs, that the Scripture would talk about. And so God is, is clear on that. So these, these quote-unquote Christian traditions of marriage between a biological man, biological woman for life, that didn't just come out of the blue. Mm. And and the practical outplays of that, of like, you know, don't sleep with your boyfriend and your girlfriend, uh, guard your eyes and your mind against pornography, those kind of things, um, th- that stuff's not made up. Those aren't just church rules that somebody's trying to control somebody with. Um, the, uh, the, the practice of... Uh, 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 sexuality outside of a marriage to a man and a woman, the practice of homosexuality, the practice of sexual addiction, mm-hmm. uh, the practice of sexual just kind of abandon, I sleep with it, all of that hands down in a clear, easy, historic reading of Scripture without twisting Greek words, etc., is, uh, is what we would call today a traditional marriage, right? Yep. And within that confines, that is where our sexual relationship and appetites are to be fed and, and, to, um, and to be even nurtured. Somehow, the call to that turned into uh, sexual purity being the highest form of Christian devotion. Mm, yeah. And so uh, I was like I was a youth pastor back in the '90s, and, and we would do the promise ring thing, and we would do the, the uh, you know the purity talks, and and uh, uh, a, the big book back then was Josh Harris's "I Kiss Dating Goodbye" and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. 
And that stuff in its original intent was meant to help Mm -hmm. and it was meant to encourage. Uh, Even as far back as the 90s and the 80s, no one, no one in in pop culture was um, uh, speaking for purity. Mm-hmm. So you weren't going to find it in music. You weren't going to find it in movies, television, later on the internet. Like the only voice of purity that existed was the church. Mm-hmm. And those efforts came out of uh, a response to try to equip or orient or help young men and women uh, be faithful in a sexual sense to what the Scripture taught, Mm -hmm. right? The downside of that emphasis was that somehow being married and uh, two virgins marrying each other was like the greatest thing that God had, the greatest calling that God had put on somebody's life. it, it, It was emphasize correctly, I think, but put in a priority position that didn't come under loving Christ and loving one another. It became a work. Mm-hmm. So like, go to church, read your Bible, take communion, get baptized, be a virgin. Like <laughs> It became a work. And it, and it got pushed out of a relational response to a loving God. Mm-hmm. I love God. I confess that God owns my body and has authority over it. And as an act of worship and an act of love toward him, and an act of worship, act of love toward my boyfriend, girlfriend, um, I'm, I'm striving for sexual purity, right? When that took that overemphasized place... What happened is this, a whole bunch of kids, men and women, uh, who put on that promise ring and read I Kiss Dating Goodbye, um, a couple of things happened. Some of us, I was actually raised like this, I was raised that um, women are temptors Mm -hmm. and that uh, women need to protect men (laughs) from temptation uh, men are warriors, and we need to protect women. So, we, like when I grew up in youth group, we literally weren't allowed to swim in the lake with the girls because you might see them in a bathing suit. Uh, they weren't allowed to wear bikinis. They they would measure how short their shorts were and their skirts were, and and I think a lot of that reaction to the immorality of the world got blamed on women. Mm-hmm and how they dress and how they conduct themselves. And if you love Christ and you loved your Christian brother, you would address that. I don't think enough responsibility got put on men. Mm-hmm. If Even today, if men were living the, to the moral degrees that God wanted them to, there would be no pornography problem. The only reason <laughs> there's a problem is because there's a customer, right? Yep. So, like, women got blamed for it. Then everybody was told the most critical thing in life is that you marry a, a virgin and that you be one. Then those kids graduated out of those youth programs and those churches. Like is very typical, about 80% of kids who graduate out of a, out of a Christian church take about a decade away from the church. Uh, so we call it 18 to 28, we often call it the lost decade, and so they'll they'll leave the church. Now, 
a bunch of them will come back when they have children. Mm -hmm. But in that lost decade, they went to college and they slept around and they lost their virginity and they were sexually promiscuous and they were into pornography and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They stumbled and fell and sinned into those worlds. And then they come back to a church who elevated virginity so highly that now they feel scarred, unworthy, dirty, unkept, and unlovable before God because they were taught that what God wants above anything is your virginity, and you threw that away along the way. So I think that is the tension, and and uh, I I would look there's it's a spectrum, right? On one side, people were teaching the truth of God's word. God's word actually says those things. Mm-hmm. On the other side, when I threw my virginity away and I lived a sexually promiscuous lifestyle, or I decided to identify sexually however I want to, I am sinning and rebelling against God. In the middle of those two positions are the relationships that we have with each other and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the lack of judgmentalism and all that kind of stuff that is supposed to mark our relationship with each other. The Bible isn't wrong. The actions are defined correctly. Mm -hmm. Loving, helping, healing, walking with each other in the middle is really what everybody is struggling with. Yeah, there's a few things that... um when when we um, bounce things to an extreme of discipline, oftentimes we miss the relational aspect of it. And so um, instead of defining purity as actually a lifelong pursuit, that even in a um, heterosexual married lifestyle, I'm actually still pursuing purity. Right. Um, it's not something where like purity only means remaining abstinent before you're married. Right. married. Right. Uh, it means something much, much more than that. And then unfortunately, like you said, it introduced this huge concept of shame, you know, and in the gospel, <laughs> that's not, it's like, come to Jesus so you can feel ashamed, you know, like yeah. that's not the message. And so how is it that um, if purity, for instance, isn't just don't have sex before you're married, like how do we all pursue purity? Like what is that, Jeff? Like yeah. how do we do that? So pu- purity is... I want to be, I'm trying to think how to say this without sounding weird. Purity doesn't begin with sexuality. Mm-hmm. Purity begins with a, with a love for Christ. Good. Right? So my, um, my relationship with Heidi doesn't begin with, a sec, with our sex life. Right. My relationship with Heidi begins with my love and enjoyment and devotion to her. So I'm not sexually faithful to Heidi because... I just have to be her husband. That's what I have to do. I I don't want to hurt her. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't want her to feel devalued. I, I don't want her to feel betrayed. I, th- what drives that is not keeping a rule. What drives that is like I want to fuel a relationship, and I and I know that my sexual purity speaks something to Heidi, and that's what motivates it. And the same thing is true with the Lord, you know, that all sin that we wrestle with and deal with, we don't do that because those sins get us in or out of heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're saved by grace, you know, through faith. It's, it's a gift. So we do that because it, it 
keeps us in relationship with God, and we're responding to the heart of God. I uh, I was doing another podcast uh, the other day w- with Momentum Ministry Partners, and um, uh, my co-host there, who's really uh, a lot better than you. He is, uh, <laughs> uh, actually. <laughs> no, no uh, but he asked me the question, we're talking about spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. And he's like, Jeff, uh, what are you know? What are some ways that we can be spiritually disciplined? And I and I said, I I said I don't know, because <laughs> because your your form of discipline is different than mine. I'm I'm good at things naturally that you aren't, so I'm not disciplined in them. I just think and act that way. You, like you get up and exercise mm-hmm. at five o'clock in the morning with those guys. I don't do that, but it it comes a little bit more naturally to you. You're mm-hmm. used to being an athlete. Those kind of things. So I'm like, I don't know, like like laying out disciplines. Disip- discipline is for wherever you're not good at something naturally. I said, I don't believe that methods lead to discipline. And Eric asked me, he said, what, what do you think leads to it? And I, I said, I actually think it's gratitude. Mm. Um, when I'm grateful, I want to be with the Lord. I want, I want to be in his word. I want to pray. And so when I don't want to be with the Lord... I don't want to. I don't double click on my disciplines. I double click on my gratitude. Well, purity would be the same way. Like if if you if I have an accountability question, you ask me like every other day, did I look at porn? I'm like I'm eventually going to give you a cliche answer and I, and actually probably start to low key lie to you, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it but if you looked and said, uh, tell me three ways that you altered your life to. Um, to to speak love to Jesus more and more today, it's a very very different question. Very much so, right? Yep. So purity doesn't. It, we talked about you know things with Heidi. I'm not afraid of Heidi. I just love her. I don't want to hurt her. Yeah. So purity doesn't start with discipline. It, it starts with love. Yep. And when God says, "Honor me with your body," and these kind of things. What he's saying is, this is a way that you communicate love to me. The reason that I have you communicate love to me this way is because I love you, and I know it's helpful and protective of you. That's the same thing with our sexual relationship and like a marriage. This is how you communicate. Two will become one flesh, but yep. I'm talking about Christ and the church. Like you communicate love. When I when I have a sexually dead marriage or a uh, a sexually a deviated marriage, like I'm looking at porn or all those kind of things. I'm that's a a, a statement of love. That's not a statement of uh, I broke the rules, mm-hmm. right? So I I think like like that purity ring that people put on that was supposed to be a reminder of love, right? It became a symbol of rules in the mind of some, yeah, right now. When you throw that out, that's the other end of that spectrum. And you're like, I'm going to identify sexually however I want, or I'm going to sleep around, or the purity things are ridiculous. What you're saying, you're looking at your creator, God, and your savior, and saying, uh, the way that you told me or communicated to me that I could communicate love to you, forget it. I don't care. Well, that's a pretty... You know, if, if if a wife or a husband came home and found another person in their bed, mm-hmm. 
it's a pretty strong relational state. It's not a sexual statement. Mm-hmm. It's a relational statement. So we lose sight of all of that in our relationship with God. Yeah. And then and then I, I think the other part of the equation is we don't know how to work that out with each other. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's God is showing us a um a better and more valuable way to love. Like I've heard a lot of people actually I've seen arguments online. I've heard people say something along the lines of, but shouldn't we figure out if we're sexually compatible first? You know, shouldn't we figure out because I mean that's I mean that line in my experience always pops up with, well, that's why we moved in before we got married, or that's why we're do or that's why I slept around. I wanted to find how this all works first. But I don't want to say ironically but in these cases, I also hear a lot of um, sex shouldn't objectify each other. But if I can't love someone unless I can have good sex with them, that's like the ultimate objectification. Yeah. You're not lovable unless our sex is good. Like, what? Like, that's looking at you as only a sex object. Yeah. You know, oh, no, no, no. I'm just looking for compatibility. No, you're, you're idolizing one act, one way that you can show love to each other. And God's saying it's much better than that. It's different than that, and it's deeper than that. That's why I'm showing you a better way. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You That mindset totally em- overemphasizes sex. I have somebody in my life that divorced his wife because she couldn't have sex with him anymore. So mm-hmm. he's like, she's breaking her marriage vows. And I'm like, I'm like wait a minute. This is... You... You have made marriage sex. Yeah. And by the way, I think that's one of the the tensions in this purity culture is I wait, 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 so I don't have sex, uh, and then I get married for sex, and then I find out it's not nearly as big of a deal as I thought that it was, right? Mm-hmm. The other side of that is, well, then throw that standard out. <laughs> if sex isn't a big deal, then let's sleep around be sexually compatible. I'm like, no... Those are two wrongs, right. you know. The the right is I love someone, I know their heart, I know their mind, and our sexual union illustrates our heart and mind to each other. So sex is more about serving someone than taking from them. So I, I always get a, a little chuckle out of sexual compatibility. I'm like, <laughs> if you're a boy and she's a girl you're compatible. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way God made us, right? What you're taught what what people are actually talking about is do we have the same sex drive right. and the same sexual interest? And I'm like that's that's what you explore in marriage and then if her drives a lot higher than his drive, he serves her. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, she serves him. The act of love is not the sex, the act of love is the giving of myself. Right. Right, even though we don't think alike or or have the same chemistry makeup, mm-hmm. it, it's the beauty is the giving. The beauty is not the sex act, mm-hmm. and so we 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 shallow in, in our culture right now. We are told to identify ourselves primarily by our sexuality, mm-hmm. and and I would say that's animalistic. Right, that that's not you're robbing yourself of your humanity, right? We are to identify ourselves by the value given to us by God. Mm -hmm. And then all of our life comes under that definition and direction. And when that comes into marriage, like um, 
I, I've done a lot of marriage counseling, and, and sometimes people will say, well, um, uh, you know, we fight about sex all the time. I'm like, right. You, that's because you guys are being selfish. That's right. She's selfish. That's right. He's selfish. I'm like, that. both of you were just selfish in that moment. Right. You know? So the sex is this unique thing that you don't have to fight about because you're actually able to satisfy that need, want, and desire. Um, I can't heal your childhood as a husband, but I can I can address your sexual desires. Mm-hmm. It's something I can do. Right. See what I'm saying? Yep. And, and so that withholding, not too too much, not enough, blah 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 blah. Um, I want to do this. She won't do that. Well, I'm like, well, now you're not. Now you're objectifying your wife. You're not. Res- you're not respecting her. Like these are things that you can talk through and work through. If you don't think marriage is sex, right? And if you don't think what identifies you as a human being is your sexuality, so it's all confusing. Uh, we're we're this is the first time uh, in the history of planet Earth that we collectively, as a planet, sexually abuse our own children, mm-hmm. and we just call it pornography. Um, but the 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 average boy sees his first pornography by the time that he's nine. The average girl by the time she's eleven. If I took a nine year old and an eleven year old in a room and paid two adults to have sex in front of them, I would go to prison. Right. But we do it on their phone or on their computer, and we think it's normal, and it's actually sex abuse. It's sexual abuse. So all of this sexual tension and drive and and deviation and perversion. It is completely symptomatic of sex abuse. So in the marriage, what I what I what am I called to do as a as a husband is I'm called to help my wife. I'm to present her without stain or wrinkle or blemish. Or in other words, I'm called to heal her. Mm-hmm. And I'm called to so if she grew up in this culture, chances are there was some form of sexual abuse, even as I just described it. As a husband now. Who is who is her sexual partner and outlet? I want to bring healing and help, vice versa, right? Wife to husband. It's a position of servanthood, not a position of demand. But none of us have been raised that way mm-hmm. in the last fifty years. Yeah, that that whole idea of um, serving each other, I know, can be a buzzword for those that have been abused, hurt or were, um, I'll use the word, victims of an extreme purity culture. But that's relationships in general. Like, if you take sex out of it for a minute, like, I remember I grew up in a house of, uh, we, we had nine people in the house growing up. It, we were, Some of us were siblings. I had cousins, my grandma, my aunt. We all lived together. And I was in charge of the dishes. And Jeff, I hated <laughs> doing the dishes because no one in my house was even good at prepping them. So you had the, the dried up milk rings and the, yeah. the food to chisel off the plates. And, <laughs> I mean, I hated it. And so when I got married, um, I uh, that was the first time other than college uh, dorms that I moved out of the house for a, a couple of months. I was terrible at doing the dishes, not because, well, it's Mandy's job, but because I had this un- subconscious freedom of, I don't have to do the dishes for everybody yeah. anymore. And um, because she's a responsible human being, she would because the dishes need to get done. And it clicked one day. I'm like, uh-oh, she's doing all the dishes. Now, in that moment, she was serving me because our house needs the dishes to be done. Right. 
But what I quickly realized is like, oh, wait, no, like I need to serve her too. And I also need to do the dishes. Serving isn't always about who's in charge. Serving is just a way to love people. That's it's right. Taking an errand over to someone's house, watching someone's kids for free because you love them, cooking for someone and showing them your skills in the kitchen. All of these ways we're serving and they're outlets of love. So if that strikes you as a buzzword, I think I just want to encourage you like, realize that that's probably a product of the abuse. It doesn't mean that the word itself is bad. Yeah. Um, and then you also mentioned that um, we're not animals. I thought that was excellent um, because there are one of the uniquenesses of being human is we don't have to respond to our human inclinations. Right. You know, when an animal, when a tiger feels like, oh, I'm going to go kill that other animal, they just go do it. As humans, I hope, <laughs> if we have that feeling or that thought, I should go kill that thing, we stop. We don't kill the other person. We don't drive them off the road because we don't have to listen to that natural instinct in us. Sexuality would be similar. That's right. We're we're created above, mm-hmm. and and um, and we're created in the dignity and in the image of God. I used to. There used to be a uh, a person in my life. Uh, they're still in my life. I love them, but they used to always say, uh, "All men are pigs." <laughs> yeah, all men are pigs. And I used to be very, I, I would stop and say, I'm not, don't call me a pig. I'm not a pig. I'm a male. I have a sex drive. I want my wife, uh, but I discipline myself. I am gentle with my wife. I don't make demands of her. Uh, I'm not a pig. And you are insulting me and you're insulting my wife because mm. she married a pig yeah. on purpose. Like So, so. In an animal's relationship, uh, you're talking to a guy that breeds dogs, right? Yeah, right. They can. I've I've literally had a dog chew through a solid wood door to get to another dog to breed. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's not what my sex life is, or right. what our sex life as Christians should be. Um, but God did give us sex drives, mm-hmm. and. He did give a man and a woman, uh, a husband and wife, different ones. Doesn't mean that all men are like this, all women are like that. It just means I married a different person. Right. And and I get to serve them and love them and and help them with that. And I think I think that message is biblical. I think it is right. I think it is Christian. I think it is respectful. I think it is honoring. Um, and that's the message or what the purity message should be. Mm. I think what the purity message became was if you don't have sex before you're married, you please God. If you did, you didn't please, you're tainted. Um, and then once you get married, somehow the need for purity goes away because I guess you're just going to have sex all the time. Like, I'm like, it. And, and what happened was a bunch of kids were taught that, bought into that, did that, got married and realized I got married to have sex and I, I married a disaster. Mm. Uh, I got married to have sex and I found out that actually uh, marriage is mostly not about sex. <laughs> it's, it's a, it becomes a, a, a minor key. Mm-hmm. In, in marriage, when a, when a marriage is healthy, um, I got married to have sex, 
suddenly he can't give it to me or she can't give it to me. There's a baby, there's a whatever. And like the basis of my marriage was eroded. Yep. Right. Or I walked away from biblical or peer pressure to be pure and I threw all that away. Now, I think on the other side of that spectrum is I either feel um, uh, shame, and it's probably because I'm overemphasizing that one aspect of the Christian life. So I did. I wasn't a virgin. Like I, now, I feel so ashamed. That is ungodly. The gospel brings freedom. It does not bring condemnation and shame. Or the reaction, the other kind of spectrum of that is, I know I rebelled against God, so in order to somehow deal with my rebellion, I'm just going to justify it. The whole thing was stupid, and God's standards are stupid, and I should be able to do whatever I want to do. And I'm like, yeah, you're just covering for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so unfortunately, there's been, a, there's been a confusion and an overkill, and good-hearted people who are trying to love and follow Jesus are going to have to find their way to the heart of Jesus. And that heart is, you honor me with your body because you love me. You honor your wife or your husband with your body because you love them. Sex is like a beautiful reward. It's not dirty. It's not uh, taboo. It's not like in marriage, have a blast, you know, but respect and love and honor each other. That's the one side of the purity side. The other side of like, I was abused by the purity culture. I would look and say, purity is equally men and women's responsibility. So do I believe in modesty? Yes. For men and women. Yep. Right? So, so yes, that's true. Cause the Bible speaks of it. Um, our mistakes do not change God's grace. Nope. My good, the 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 greatest sin you ever committed it was not the loss of your virginity. And to feel like God rejects you or pushes you aside or is done with you because you did one thing. God forgave adulterers, he forgave murderers, he forgave people who deny I mean goodness gracious that's just not true. So resting in God's forgiveness and grace, and then if I read the book correctly, pretty sure I do, when I turn from my sin, my sin is forgotten by God. So what is forgotten by God should not be remembered by me, Hmm. right? So I am not going to hold myself to my deepest moments of shame. I am going to live in the gospel, the freedom, the forgiveness, and the healing, and and. When you, on the one side, if you're watching me, on the one side, if you move from left to right to that correct point of purity, and you move from right to left to that correct point of God's grace and mercy, I think you wind up close to the heart of God, Mm -hmm. and purity is healthy and biblical, and grace and mercy is rich and free, and we wind up being where God wants us to be, and, and that's wind, what winds up defining our sexuality. Mm. Boy, I hope, I hope if you find yourself somewhere in this conversation that that is healing for you. Um, I love what you said, what God has forgotten should not be remembered by us. Um, you know, maybe that's a tattoo. <laughs> that's a, that'd be a good tattoo. <clears throat> um, it's really, really good. 
Well, thanks, uh, everyone that's listening. For some of us, this might have been a hard episode um, because one way or another, maybe we're, we're hurt in this arena. Uh, maybe it wasn't even purity culture. Maybe just somehow sexuality has hurt you in the past. But I pray that all of us, whether we're married, whether we're dating, whether we're single at the moment, uh, we're, and certainly on the spectrum of how hurt we've been, that we can begin to find that hope and healing in Christ and what he's actually reaching out to us and extending his hand for and what he's inviting us into. Well, if you have questions that you'd like us to address here on this podcast, you can always do so at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you find resources or take unique next steps, have a conversation with someone, we'd love to do that. Feel free to reach out and let us know. And of course, if you want to hear more of what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're not in the air or if you are in the area you're looking for a church, you can always join us online or, or in person. So check us out. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all of these mixed messages around us. See you next time.